Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Robert Lowe. I'm the manager of the Middle East Centre at LSE, and a very warm welcome to LSE this afternoon for this seminar with Salah Muslim Mohammed. Um, I'm delighted to see such a, a good turnout, especially on a beautifully sunny Friday afternoon. Um, this seminar will last for an hour. Um, Salah Muslim will speak for roughly 20 minutes, um, after which um, he would welcome your comments and questions you may have in the discussion after that. Um, Salah Muslim is the co-president of the Kurdish Democratic Union Party in Syria, and he's also the deputy general coordinator of the National Coordination Body for Democratic Change, the NCB in Syria, and he's a member of the High Kurdish Council in Syria. It's a great pleasure to welcome you back to LSE this time to speak publicly. Thank you very much for coming, and we look forward to hearing what you have to say. Thank you. Well, uh uh, hello to everybody. I'm glad to, to meet you here in this conference to tell you about the uh, uh, Syrian conflict and uh, the Kurdish case in, this, uh, in the Western Kurdistan. It means in, in uh, Syrian Kurdish case. Uh, maybe you have heard about the uh, Syrian and Syrian conflict, which is uh, since a long time, it's about 26 months, I think, it's going ahead, fighting and killing in Syria. Maybe some people, they don't know what's happening, what's going in in, in Syria till now, and, uh, and haven't been solved. And it's uh, and some of you, maybe they don't know that there are some Kurds in, in, in Syria and what they are doing and what's their demand. So I'm here just to tell you briefly what's uh, going on in Syria and uh, what's the Kurdish conflict in there and what their demand and uh, what we are looking for and what's the situation. So maybe 20 minutes or 25 minutes would it be enough? Uh, we will try to to say something and uh, of course your questions will uh, be benefit to explain more and more. And we have a chance, if we have a chance in future to have some meetings, more meetings, we'll do it, I think, if we have a time. Anyway, for uh, Syria, as you know, I'm in, in the Middle East, all you know, there's something called uh, People's Spring, some, some others calling it Arab Springs, and uh, actually it's People's Spring, not uh, Arab it's not only for the Arabs because there are other nations and other peoples in the area. And uh, it started maybe, it should have been started maybe a few years ago, but it started in 2010, starting from uh, Tunisia and then to, to Egypt and then to Libya and then spread to, to Syria. And as a political uh, side and party, political party, we were considering that from the beginning, uh, when it's going to arrive to Syria and what's the changes to be and what should we do as a political party and especially for the Kurds, what should we do. Maybe uh, some of you, they don't know the, what's the Kurd in Syria. I'll tell you that the, in 1916, when... Uh, during the First World War was uh, Ottoman Empire one divided. Uh, the Kurdistan was divided to four parts. One part was in Syria. Uh, if we are talking about the Western Kurdistan, we are talking about maybe 35,000 kilometers square kilometers in Syria, north of Syria, which is approximately about uh, four times like Lebanon, like Lebanon. It's a Kurdish area, we called it Western Kurdistan. Anyway, it's a, a, ge a geographic name, it doesn't change anything. And if we are talking about the Kurds, we are talking about 15% of the Syrian populations, which is about uh, three and a half million Kurds in, in the mostly north of Syria. We are talking about that. So, uh, from the beginning of Syria, when was uh, Syria? Uh, I mean, uh, independent when the independent Syrian independence was in 1946 from the uh, French mandality. So, 
they didn't recognize the Kurds and they considered all the uh, nations in Syria as uh, Arabs. So there was a political, uh, I mean, uh, situation to Arabize all the Syrian people, uh, even the Kurds also should be Arabized. So since then, there were many things, I mean, unfair things going against the Kurds, a lot of things. So the uh, Kurds were demanding, of course, demanding the freedom, demanding democracy in their country and uh, human rights and everything because uh, they didn't recognize the Kurdish being even, I mean, in Syria. Maybe some of you, you have heard in 2004 there was a Kurdish uprising, we called it Kamshu uprising, uh, against this regime. And since then, the Kurdish struggle against this regime was, wasn't stopped. It was continuously, in, in mostly in democratic ways. And there were a lot of captures and tortures, a lot of Kurdish people uh, die under the torture of this regime. So since 2004, the Kurdish uprising didn't stop. It was continuing in different ways, maybe weekly demonstrations and uh, during uh, celebration of Nowruz, uh, which is uh, once a year, uh, a lot of people were, were being arrested uh, each Nowruz, maybe uh, hundreds of people, and some uh, of them, there were sometimes they were killing even. Uh, for example, uh, by the eve of Nowruz in 2008, Three people were killed in Kamishlo, and uh, in 2010, Nowruz celebration in Raqqa. Also, there were, I mean, the government attacked it, and there were some people killed, and uh, hundreds of people arrested and tortured for many months. It was the situation like that all the time. And uh, in March 2011, when we consider it as a date for uprising in Syria, there was 1,550 people they were under arrest of this government and uh, in the in the uh, maybe the istikhbarat services istikhbarat which is uh, intelligence services of uh, the Syrian regime they were under the touch uh, under torture of the regime so uh, the uprising of the Kurdish people didn't stop and when the uh, Syrian revolution started, the Kurds were part of that revolution also. But they should, I mean, because the situation of the Kurds was a little bit different from the others, they had their own strategy. Their own strategy was uh, like that. They cannot be uh, with the regime at all, and they cannot be with those armed people because mostly they are religious people, they are Salafists and Jihadists. So what they should do, they are part of this revolution, but they wouldn't be part of this fighting. They wouldn't send their people to Damascus. They can, uh, they can defend their areas. They can defend their beings in Western Kurdistan. And if somebody attacks them, they can defend themselves. So uh, this strategy, if uh, everybody in Syria has been done it, so the, this regime should have been fallen a long time ago. And the Kurdish people, they did it in their areas. They, can, they could defend themselves. They didn't uh, send people to the Damascus and the other ways. They were not a part of fighting, but they were part of this revolution. And they didn't believe, because we as a Kurds, we believed that uh, the revolution shouldn't be armed because... Uh, everything is uh, in the government hand. I mean, the government uh, had a lot, have uh, too much maybe weapons and everything to kill the people. But if the revolution, people, civilians, if they get uh, get armed, uh, they became under the order who giving them, who supporting them by the arms. They should obey those people, those sides, and even those countries who supporting them. But even by money or by weapons. So because of that, uh, the revolution should shouldn't be sold to anybody for the, I mean, uh, for the weapons and for the money. And because of that, we we didn't like the revolution in the Kurdish areas at least to be armed. We can defend ourselves. I mean, by 
organizing ourselves, this is first, and have a weapon and defend ourselves when we have been attacked by the government forces. But we shouldn't. I mean, if we... Let's make a difference between defending themselves and uh, arming the revolution. Arming revolution, it means you have armed to attack the military services, to government buildings, uh, to uh, anywhere you find the soldiers and so you can attack them. So this is revolution, armed revolution. But if you are defending yourself, it, this is something different. If you have a weapon, personal weapon or small weapons, defending yourself when you are attacked is something different from the arming the revolution. So we prefer this strategy, defending ourselves, but not arming the revolution. And the results, as you are seeing, the Kurdish areas, we could keep our areas uh, a little bit, I mean, safer than the others. And what's going on now is, uh, is a result of arming the, the revolution. Uh, what you are hearing every day, uh, kill, uh, I mean, hundreds of people are, are being killed in Damascus, in Aleppo, and everywhere. It's just, this is the result of the arming the revolution, because they are attacking, and the soldiers also, they are attacking. attacking. So, from two, two sides. And the revolution was calling for the democracy, for freedom, and now it's just uh, fighting going ahead. The fighting going ahead is for who is going to govern the country. So it's not a problem of the democracy and freedom anymore. It's not a problem for the democracy. It's the problem for who is going to govern this country. So this is something different from Syrian revolution. And we are Kurds, we are a little bit away, safer. Uh, this brought... Uh, for the Kurds brought some more problems, which is now the Kurdish area is considered as a safe haven for the other people. And now we have about half a million people immigrated from Damascus, Aleppo, and Homos, and the Deir Zor and the other areas to the north, to the Kurdish areas. People just immigrated and they are living there, sharing us with everything. We have shortage of everything, and we don't get support from any sides because the Kurdish people not recognized and those uh, international aid uh, organizations and even United Nations uh, organizations and even uh, Red Cross are dealing with the official organizations only which belong to the governments, the governments of Syria regime which is against us or the government of Turkey which is dislike the Kurds or for the others, it's the same. They are not dealing with the civil organizations and organizations established by the Kurdish people or by the uh, maybe uh, local people to help each other. All the aids we are getting us from the Kurdish people, from the Kurdistan parts, North Kurdistan, South Kurdistan, East Kurdistan, and the Kurdish people living abroad like Europe and the other countries collecting some aids, some medicines, sending them through. South Kurdistan through Erbil to the Kurdistan region. That's all we are getting. And now, uh, of course, uh, I mean, when we are doing that, we are not talking about separation from Syria. We are still uh, have relations we have with uh, uh, the democratic forces in Syria and democratic parties. We have established uh, something called NCB, a national. Uh, coordinating body for democratic change, uh, but we have uh, no relation. No, uh, our relations with the uh, NCB and Syrian National Coalition is not good because uh, this uh, Syrian National Council and then Syrian National Coalition was established in Turkey and mainly is ga uh, is under the those uh, extremist uh, streams like. Uh, Muslim Brotherhoods, like uh, the other organizations, they are Muslim, extremist Muslims and jihadist groups in Syria, and supported by Western countries mainly, like uh, United Kingdom, like uh, uh, maybe United States, France, and NATO, and uh, supported by Gulf countries like Saudi Arabia and Qatar and Turkey, which uh, 
and uh, they don't like, uh, I mean, those democratic forces because they refuse any uh, military invasion uh, from outside Syria and uh, because we don't like, uh, I mean, disarming uh, uh, the revolution because of that nobody likes uh, these forces and uh, uh, supporting our, our uh, I mean, the Kurdish case. Now, uh, as the Kurds, we could unite ourselves, we could establish uh, something called the uh, Syrian Supreme Committee, uh, which was in, uh, established in by agreement, signed in Erbil in 2012, June 2012. And uh, still, uh, those, uh, I mean, this Kurdish Supreme Committee, we have two councils. One of them is uh, uh, Kurdish uh, People's Council of uh, Western Kurdistan, and the other is Syrian National Kurdish Council, which is, contains 15 uh, parties, uh, classic parties, Kurdish parties in, in Syria. Altogether, we have established this Kurdish Supreme Committee, which there are about 10 members, 10 members, five of each uh, uh, council, and uh, they are ruling and, uh, uh, I mean, uh, taking decisions and uh, uh, ruling the, the Kurdish people and the Kurdish society. Now, uh, for defending reasons, I mean, we have two establishments. One of them is called YPG, which is uh, uh, People's Protecting Units. It's uh, Kurdish forces. They, have, uh, uh, they are militarized and they belong to the Kurdish Supreme Committee. And maybe PYD, my party, supported them from the beginning as establishing, and then became those society, society <coughs> organization because they have some academies in many where uh, they are getting the people, I mean, the children of those people are trained everywhere. So it's people's children, it's not a PYD anymore. They belong to the Kurdish Supreme Council and also for the uh, the security, I mean, we have security forces called Asaish. They are spread everywhere. Also, they, be, uh, they belong to the Kurdish Supreme Committee. And now the Kurdish place is safer if compared with other, people, uh, other areas. Now, for the future of Syria, of course, we would like to have, uh, we are not separatists as a Kurd, we would like to have a united Syria, democratic Syria, plural, uh, with all uh, um, components of Syrians, I mean the Arabs, the Kurds, the Turkmens, and Armenians, and the Syrians, all together living in Syria, democratic Syria, which uh, uh, everybody is free in their country. Uh, we would like to have like that. And also uh, our area, I mean our society in Western Kurdistan, it could be considered as a natural democracy because as the Kurds we have AZDs, we have Alawis living together without any problem. And more than that, we have Assyrians, which they are different, ethnically different. And even uh, for the belief, they are different because they were Christian. I mean, Christian, Muslims and others, uh, Kurds and Assyrians and maybe Armenians, uh, Armenians, we are living together without problems. So uh, I think our society in, in north of Syria or West Kurdistan could be considered uh, a sample for uh, maybe future Syria also, if they accept us. Uh, we need to change the mentality of the people, I mean, which is a very hard work, really, instead of killing and uh, killing everybody and fighting and uh, what's going on now. Instead of that, we have to change the minds which we need uh, uh, at least, I mean, a peaceful atmosphere to do that for, which needs time. Uh, this is what we, uh, we are looking for, and we will be a part of the, uh, this uh, peaceful efforts for establishing a peace in Syria and democratic forces altogether. Do I have more time or just finish? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, this is one, and secondly, 
some people they consider um, uh, and peace efforts going between the Turkish government and the Kurdish side, which is PKK in the north, and asking how much it affects the Syria. We think uh, it's going to affect too much because uh, uh, the rejecting of the Kurds in Syria, it was under the effect of Turkey. They were affecting those opposition in Syria and uh, I mean uh, enforcing them not to recognize the Kurdish people. <coughs> All we want in Syria is just uh, constitutional, constitutional recognition of uh, the Kurdish being in Syria as a people and uh, 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 constitutional guarantees for democratic rights for the Kurds in Syria, which was rejected by, mostly rejected by Turkey. They don't accept for the Kurds to have any rights. But if they have agreed with their Kurds, with the PKK, after 20, 35 years of war, if they are accepted and looking for peace, so they don't have a right uh, to, I mean, uh, reject the peace for the others. They cannot tell the Syrian opposition not to recognize the Kurdish people in Syria. So I think it will make it easy for us to have be united, I mean, with the Syrian opposition in one, and uh, uh, there is, uh, I mean, the opposition will accept the Kurdish rights, the Kurdish demands, and so we would have more easily to understand each other in Syria. So this is uh, the way how the peace will affect the uh, Syrian case in future. Uh, anyway, uh, I mean, uh, now there were some efforts for uh, to find a political solution for Syria that was okay, uh, building on Geneva Agreement, which was in June 2012, because it was a base for that to agree to find a political solution. If they find political solution is okay, is acceptable for everybody. Otherwise, so you can, uh, I mean, tell the regime or the others, because of course you have a political solution, you have conditions, I mean, if to deal with uh, uh, some people, um, maybe uh, from the government side, maybe not Bashar al-Assad, but some others, if you have dialogue with them, okay, you can tell them, you can have an agree and with the international guarantees for them, which was the way of the uh, Geneva Agreement, could be base uh, to build upon that agreement. But if you reject this one, it means you are going to change the regime by force, which for two and a half years, uh, everybody uh, saying that it's impossible to to change because one side wants to finish the other side uh, and could be finished couldn't be finished at all because uh, I mean the Muslim Brotherhoods they say we cannot have a peace till we finish the Alawites which there are more than two millions in Syria and also uh, the Alawites says we cannot have a peace till we finish those Muslim Brotherhoods which is there are maybe two millions also from the Sunnis, not all the Sunnis. So it means uh, there is, wouldn't be a peace between them if one side doesn't finish it. And now what we have, I mean, uh, the Geneva Agreement was uh, a good base to build on the, I mean, uh, not peaceful, but a political solution. At that time, you can tell Bashar al-Assad saying, after six months you have to leave, or one year you can leave. Otherwise, if you support, I mean, Iran and uh, Russia is supporting the regime and uh, the Gulf countries, Saudi Arabia, Qatar and Turkey are supporting those armed groups, it means uh, it's, it's the war is going ahead forever. So the Bashar al-Assad wouldn't be changed for 20, more 20 years. You don't know. So this is the situation we have. And we hope, uh, I mean, all the efforts for the uh, the, those uh, democratic forces and democratic science and the countries to support the political solution for Syria in order to change the regime and uh, even to to make Bashar al-Assad go forever. There is no other way, I think, because the 
the killing and the war is not the war for changing the regime at all. And this was, uh, I mean, the evidence for that is two and a half years fighting. Because Syria is different from Libya, is different from Egypt, and different from Tunisia, and different from the others. So we are still considering ourselves as because part of Syria, we are not separatists, we are not doing anything else, and we are just defending our areas in order to have uh, Syria to be changed to democratic country. And thank you for your, for you to listen. I took a lot okay. of time. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for giving us such a comprehensive overview of um, yes. touching on many issues. It's a complex situation and uh, it's fluid. It's moving my, quickly. My poor English also. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, we speak a number of languages. I know it's, uh, it's maybe all what we manage here in the UK normally. Well, now we move on to questions. Um, we have just over half an hour, which is super. And I'm sure there are lots of subjects our audience will want to touch upon with you. Um, I will take questions in, in rounds of three to try and speed things through. Um, I expect we'll have quite a few, so please, um, would you keep your questions brief when you're asking them? And please also, um, it would be helpful to know who you are, and please also tell us of any relevant affiliation uh, before you ask your question. Um, I'll start with the gentleman here, please. I'm Kamal Biragali, you could describe a Kamal? Kamal Miragali. Miragali? First, I really congratulate you. It was a short presentation, but very useful. Uh, and also, I congratulate you and Kurdish forces there, because really you saved the Kurdish people by the policy you are following, especially not siding with the regime and not be part of so-called revolution. Uh, first, what's happening in Syria, as you said, is completely different from, and we have the experience of Iraq, so I think in the light of our experience, we can understand the situation better. I wrote a few days ago, Times wrote an article asking for arming, arming the opposition, and I wrote a simple comment. They didn't, they didn't publish it. And the, the comment is like that. I said, your policy is, in the past, it's called MAD, when we have nuclear weapons, the Soviet to use it or the West, it was called mad or mutually assured destruction. So I said, now what's happening really is that if you arm the opposition, you ensure that all the two sides, they compete each other. So this is the idea. Second, what we call liberation, actually it's liberation of land without people. And what's happening is actually it's a process of genocide for two years actual genocide, physical genocide, genocide of civilization, of life. And now the latest figures are Oxfam. There are one million refugees outside Syria, four and a half million displaced inside Syria. So second, this is about the humanitarian situation. Third, the creation of democracy and democratic forces. And actually violation of international law. Now, very clearly, very frankly, Turkey, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, United States, and UK, they adopt, they adopt invasion, another invading another country and changing the regime and indulging in genocide without anyone paying attention to humanitarian rules, to United Nations, to anything. So Turkey is responsible for what's happening because if Turkey doesn't allow these extremists, the jihadists, these forces, and uh, as Sarah said very clearly that if you are arming some people, if you are giving them weapons, giving them money, giving them assistance, you are controlling them. So the question is no longer about democracy, about what happens to Syria. It's about who controls and which, okay. which people they can control the land, the resources, and the strategy of the geopolitics of Syria. Thank you. And the last one, the one I support again, I mean, our problem is Turkey in Iraq. Kurdish people and Syria since the First World War. If you have it, so thank you, if, if you wouldn't mind me, quite a few to get through. Is, is, if, is Turkey is the nub of your question? I think we've got, I the, know, we've got the issue. The same system, unitary states. Now, these countries are ideological, unitary, dogmatic, racist states. That there are only Arabs in Syria, there are only Turks mm -hmm. in 
Turkey, and there are only Arabs in, okay. in Iran, although there are some situations. So this is the, 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 the best way for them, that Kurds in Turkey and Kurds in Syria must insist constitutional change. That in the constitution that should, should be recognized that there are Kurds, no problem, even if they call it second nation, as, as citizens, because what's our power really is that in our culture. I understand. Yeah, I, th I think we've thing. probably got the gist of it. Thank you. Please, if we may, we've got a lot to get through. They called about about safe haven. Okay. In Kurdistan, north of Kurdistan, north of Iraq, was yeah. safe haven for the people in the south. The same thing happened in Syria. Kurdistan is safe haven for all Syrian people. Why don't they support okay. it? Why don't they humanitarian? They don't send it. If they Thank you. It. I understand. Yeah. So I, think I congratulate you. Lovely. And I hope I Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. was a question for <laughs> <laughs> So how long is it going to answer? Well, I have hopes here. Okay, Please. Um, Bill Park, King's College. I'm afraid it's still on Turkey. Um, two questions. One is, to what extent do you think Turkey's um, discussions opening with PKK and Odilon is influenced by events in Syria? And second question, what is your attitude towards... Um, Ojalan's and the PKK's Turkey's Kurdish response to the Turkish government. What is your attitude towards that? We'll take one more gentleman up there. Thank you. Sindra has been the official Canada's representative in Syria um, and worked very closely with the Syrian Orthodox. Um, I've got two points. One is um, August last year, the PKK were protecting the Hagia Suryan in Aleppo and, and prevented rebels attacking the Christian, well, getting into the Christian area. And so the PKK were working with the Syrian army. And I'd be quite interested in um, a comment on that. I think it probably ties in with what you've just been saying about this. Um, the second is, um, what is the situation at the moment of the Syrian Orthodox in Parmashir Hassan? Yes. Lovely. So Turkey, Turkish influence, its effect, PYD view of that, and then the Christians. Yes, now uh, for the affection of uh, Mr. Ojalans and the agreement, uh, I think uh, all the sides, I mean, not only the Syrian government, even the others, I mean, or who has uh, the interest in Syria, they made some accounts from the beginning. Some sides uh, consider that they will have uh, the Syrian regime changed within three months. Some of them, they were considering that uh, going there, there will be invasion, and some of them they said maybe within six months, one year or two years. And we, as PYD, as a party, we consider this regime wouldn't be changed less than two years. A consideration for our party, and we made our uh, accounts against the all accounts of Europe and in the United States and United Kingdom and all the forces were wrong. So because of that, Turkey also, they have their accounts what to do. And they were accounting that they are uh, a part of this uh, NATO. And if there should be any invasion to Syria, it should be through Turkey. And according to that, they had some policies. And now everything is changed. And also, uh, the Kurdish policy uh, I, you know, the Turkish ones, they said uh, they will have zero problems with all neighbor countries. And it's changed now. They are enemy with everybody. So they have to change their strategy. And I think the most important change in their strategy was making a peace with the Kurds. It's going to change all the Middle East. So because of that, if we say uh, the affection of this Syrian uh, I mean, uh, what's happening in Syria on the Turkish side or Turkish policy is right. It's affected by Syria. And also the peace will affect the Syrian situation. We are sure of that. So uh, this peace going ahead, peace process with Mr. Ojalan, is going to affect all the Middle East. And also, uh, this is a result of the change in Syria. So it's both, I mean, affecting each other. I mean, the Syrian situation affected this policy, and this policy is all going to affect all in the Middle East. Yeah, and uh, for our relations, uh, as I mentioned, I mean, uh, 
our background, our people, our society, uh, mostly are sympathizants of Mr. Rojalan's idea, but we don't have any organic relations with the PKK or other party uh, outside Syria. We are Syrians, we are Kurds, and we have their, our own policy and our st own strategy and doing it. I, till now we are successful. I hope this success will continue for future years. Yeah, for the Syrians and for the Armenians, of course, I mean Syrians, uh, they are owner of Kurdistan. We are all sharing this land in Mesopotamia, not now, I mean for thousands of years, living together, and we had no problems uh, between, among, I mean, each, uh, the Kurds and the Syrians, except if their hands some outside when they, uh, I mean, invade <laughs> to to us and to make some problems for us, this is different. But as in the, I mean nations and peoples, we don't have problems. And when this uh, conflict started in Syria, we uh, uh, told, I mean we told those, our Syrians, we said, uh, your protection is our duty, just be sure of that. In Kamishlo, in Sarikani, in Aleppo, we went to them, we, we met them. And more than that, we told them to have young people, uh, if they adopt some of them, we can train them, we can, uh, I mean, protect them, guard their areas together, I mean, with the curse. And from our sides, we don't expect anything to, to touch them. And the same for in Aleppo. And I want to, uh, personally, I met the Muslims, maybe in uh, Johan Ibrahim, which is now kidnapped, we met him many times, we told him, and we told the people, and also the Armenians, I mean, we met some Armenians come, came from Armenia, just for protection purposes, I mean, in, in Kamishlo and in Aleppo. And we uh, did our best to protect them until now. We have many organizations, many uh, consults, many committees are shared all together, we are doing together. But uh, in Aleppo, we couldn't protect them because on the other side of Hayil uh, Midan, which was Midan place, is uh, there are Arabs and extremist Arabs. So they have many clashes over there. And also, maybe we cannot control some areas because the place now, those people, two Mutrans were uh, uh, captured. They were outside of Aleppo. They were coming from Turkey. We didn't know about that. He didn't ask us for, I mean, protecting him. Otherwise, we can guard him, we can uh, maybe follow him. And now we are trying our best, I mean, just to rescue him. Until now, we don't know where he, where they are. I mean, both of them, we don't know where they are. And we'll do our best to rescue them, for sure. I, we would like everybody to be sure of this point. Yeah, that's it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Another round, and we will go over this side. So, gentlemen, there first. Jamie Quinn from the BBC World Service. Can you tell us who provides the money for your organisation and for the various visits that you've made to the UK? And on that point, it's been virtually impossible for Syrian citizens to get visas to the UK in the last two years. So, do you travel on your Syrian passport, or do you have another? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I have my my Syrian passport, and it's still valid for six years, so they have no problem. Maybe one year gone, it's five five years I can travel with the Syrian passport. And for the, uh, I mean, as the Kurds, I mean, uh, I've told we are coming from the culture. We can, uh, I mean, live with very very small things. I mean, the Kurdish people. And now we are not getting any money from anybody except our Kurds outside are supporting us and we are trying to even uh, those weapons we are buying by our people. I mean, they are just cutting from their bread and their food and giving some money as the donors we are getting them. And our soldiers, we don't pay them anything because they are protecting their, protecting their families, their brothers, their... Uh, their neighbors, their villages. So because of that, we don't need to pay anybody any any money. We don't know, need a lot of money. 
what we need is just uh, maybe piece of bread and uh, maybe an union, <laughs> onion, <laughs> anything else. So it's enough for us. We have no problem for that. Gentlemen, I am Ali Ali Kalasi. Could you tell us what the National Coordinating Body for Democratic Change does specifically? And could you also tell us what happened when the AID apparently clashed with the police here in the Okay, one more in the back there, gentlemen, there. Yeah. I have a quick question. Um, first of all, thank you very much for your lecture. Um, you said uh, a lot that um, you mentioned a lot of us and Kurdish um, in, in your lecture. Um, and you also mentioned at the same time uh, not wanting to separate from Syria. And you also mentioned that it's not possible so much to talk with the opposition group in order to get Kurdish rights. Uh, and just uh, thinking, what do you think will happen if this uh, highly realistically, if this opposition group takes power? Uh, what do you think your relation will be with um, the future government? Uh, in Syria. And one uh, other question for the BBC journalist. Um, do you think you would uh, ask the same question for a, a Syrian opposition group now uh, who your government is arming? You don't need to ask that. <laughs> Can you just, just tell us your name, please, sir? Sure. Thank you very much. Please. Yeah, now you asked for the national coordinating for uh, democratic change. So we have, uh, uh, actually we are parties, we are, uh, I mean especially those parties in, in the NCB uh, were struggling this regime for many years. A lot of them, they were as prisoners, died under the torture like us, uh, like Syrian Communist Party and like uh, other, some national parties, we all together. But what we are doing now, uh, we are still, I mean, maybe the main force in, the, in NCB is uh, PYD, because we have, uh, I mean, the Kurdish people is just, uh, is very visible, I mean. But the others, we have the, some people, they are mixed. I mean, uh, we don't know how much they are organized, because they are parties, actually, and they are democratic parties. But they are not supported from the others, like Saudi Arabia, the Qatars, and, and NATO. They, don't, they do, don't get any support from them. So because of that, they are still weak. But they have uh, politicians, they have uh, maybe uh, a population, uh, more than uh, Syrian National Coalition, because Syrian National Coalition, uh, they just, just have some politicians outside, and they don't have... Uh, people on the uh, on the ground, they don't have. I mean, population. So, it's, if compared, we have people here, but we don't have support from outside. For the coalition, we have support from outside. We have a lot of big propaganda, and the, especially in the media, media supported by the uh, Gulf media and so on. Uh, we don't have that. But sorry, what, what do they actually do on the ground? I mean, you described their members and. Yeah, the, on, on, the, on the ground, I think the future is, if there is, will be any democratic solution for democratic Syria, the NCB will govern it, because they have ideas, they have mind, they have, uh, I mean, a tradition of uh, struggle, democratic struggle. So because of that, I think in future, uh, the NCB will, will govern everything. Are they working on a constitution or a political program? Studies. Yes, 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 they have. They have, yes. They have constitution, they have uh, their studies about future, they, ha they, they have their own view for future of Syria, and we are part of them. For example, we, we have this uh, self-ruling, democratic self-ruling uh, project for all the Kurds. And they said, okay, we can do it for all the, all the Syrians. But they couldn't do it because their organization is very weak. We have done it. I mean, we are started to do it in the Kurdish area, and we succeeded. And they couldn't do it. Maybe in, in, if their condition changes, maybe they can do it in, in the Arab part of Syria. So it will be okay. Now, for, for Russell, like for Serikani, now, uh, 
most of the Kurdish areas were liberated by the Kurdish forces, but some places we are very sensitive about it. One of them was Serikani, because we have about 60% Kurds and Arabs about 40%, maybe less than 40%, because we have the others. We have Assyrians, we have Armenians, we have Chechenis in Serikani, but uh, I mean the Kurds are 60% and the rest is 40%. So uh, we were afraid of if we do something against the regime, I mean have any fighting, very, uh, I mean fighting with the regime by the Kurds only, because there are a lot of Arabs supporting the regime, and this struggle will be changed to war between the Arabs and the Kurds. So we were very sensitive. We were doing everything in the Kurdish areas, ruling the people, organizing the people, without touching the government buildings, the government establishment over there, till Free Syrian Army came and they attacked them. We didn't touch them. Okay, you can do, you can change. Because the Arabs are fighting with the Arabs also, both of them. And we didn't touch them till they extended their hand to the Kurds and they killed the member of the, uh, the, uh, the committee of the ruling committee of Serikani. At that time, so we started to fight against them, against those groups. Mainly they were Jabhat al-Nusra, supported by Turkey. And Turkey sent them to this place because Serikani is very strategic. Rasulite is very strategic. It could divide the western Kurdistan to two parts, part west and then east. And also it's, uh, uh, it could be gate to the petroleum area which called Rimeland. The, they can get it through there. So we defended it. It took very time. I mean, hundreds of people, they were killed uh, for this uh, fighting between the Kurds and Jabhat al-Nusra, exactly, and uh, some other uh, uh, those extremist religious people. And then they were spread out. And then there was agreement not with this Jabhat al-Nusra, but with the Free Syrian Army in Al-Hasaka province, which belong, I mean, Serikani belonged to it, Al-Hasaka province, there was an agreement for ceasefire and to elect, uh, to, uh, elect uh, a civilian committee to rule uh, the city of Serikani. And that was okay, and it's till now, it's effective, and all the people are there living. Just a few days ago, Jabhat al-Nusra wanted again uh, send some people. There was, uh, I mean, treat by uh, YPG to them, said uh, within half an hour, if you don't go, we'll fight again. So all of them, they went out. Now it's still like that situation is quiet now. But the, the agreement is still valid. Yeah, for the Kurdish people, we don't like, we are not separatists, uh, it's exactly, and uh, we are looking, I mean, uh, trying to build the future Syria, democratic Syria with the democratic forces, NCB, exactly, and uh, if there are some other forces, I mean, democratically, but not with those extremist uh, Muslims, and not with uh, Jabhat al-Nusra, not with... Uh, Al-Qaeda affiliated organizations. So because of that, we are thinking of this uh, future Syria, democratic Syria, and we are ready to do it. Uh, for the government, he said, if, you, if they don't or they attack, I don't think they can attack because we are in, in strong positions and uh, if they attack, we can defend ourselves in the Kurdish areas, for sure. I mean. We are well organized and we can defend ourselves. That's all we Thank you. So we've got a number of people lined up, so I'll take four now. If you could really be very quick in what you have to say, because we're running out of time, there are loads more hands just being raised now. So there's a gentleman at the back who's been waiting patiently, sir. Two quick questions. First of all, I mean, if I could press you about the, the, what seems to be an emergent peace process between the PKK and the Turkish government, I mean, if you could be, perhaps give us more detail on, on the changes which might result, because it seems to me that we go in 
two ways, because that could be Turkey's way of sort of buying off the Kurds as a pretext uh, to help with any um, forthcoming NATO intervention, because that was the big stumbling block. It's very obvious that, um, that they were simply trying to crack down on the Kurds, or it could be sort of, um, it, it could issue forth a sort of a bigger role for the Kurds within the, the rebel opposition, uh, in the sense that No, I think uh, this is a question because it's important. Okay, so yeah, uh, it's, it will take a long time. Now, you have talked about Turkey and the changes could happen. Uh, now, the peace we are, I mean, mainly the peace we are seeing now is between the Turkey and their Kurdish people. But the history, I mean, if you look at the history, it's uh, the Turkish role is not only against their Kurds. They have fought a lot, I mean, a lot of Kurds outside the Turkish border. I mean, in 1923, there was a Red Kurdistan, if you, maybe the historic people, they know who read in the history. Red Kurdistan was, a, a, I mean, a country between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and it disappeared. And the disappearance was by effect of the Turkish government, and especially Mustafa Kemal Atatürk has a good relation with Stalin. He could collapse this uh, this uh, republic, Syrian, uh, I mean, Red Kurdistan Republic. And then, in 1946, Qadim Muhammad, which was Mahabad Republic, it collapsed by Turkish efforts also. And uh, Mr. Barzani, I mean, Mr. Barzani's uh, revolution was in 1961 till 1975 till the agreement in, in Algeria between the Shah and uh, Saddam Hussein in 1975. So the Turkish side was behind all this agreement, the Six March Agreement between the two sides. So they, are, they were not fighting only the Kurds in, 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 within Syria, I mean the Turkish land. They were fighting against the Tur Kurdish whatever, anywhere they get their rights. And even for Syria, they were supporting this opposition and putting condition not to recognize your Kurdish people. So now making peace with their Kurds, with PKK, it doesn't mean they have only peace. It means this war against the Kurds will be finished. So it means the Kurdish people in Syria, they can know their fate with the Arabs. They can do it freely. And the Kurdish people in Iran they can have, uh, I mean, a deal with the Iranian government or whatever they are, and democratic forces to solve their problem. It means the Kurdish, I mean, people in Iraq, they can uh, do some agreements with the government of Iraq. They are free because they are not under the effect of Turkish, uh, Turkey anymore. So this is mean change all of the, the Middle East. So we understand this peace between PKK and Turkey in this way. The, the, I mean, uh, the opposition of the Kurds by the Turk historically is finished. You know, it's considered in this way. Uh, and for the second, what you said, your question is was Self-defense, uh, in comparison with the Free Syrian Army and YPG. Yeah, now, uh, 
self-defense, I mean, uh, for the democratic people, I mean, you can agree with them. I mean, this is your right and this is my right. We are talking about the attacks. If they attack, you can defend yourself. Free Syrian army now, uh, maybe, I think, most of them, they are not, uh, their aim is not to defend themselves, and not, even not defend uh, Syria, the interest of Syrian people. They are just doing what they order from outside. I mean, if they are taking weapons and money from Qatar, are, are they looking for the democracy in Syria? I doubt about it. And even for Saudi Arabia, because there is no democracy in Saudi Arabia, no democracy in Qatar. So those people are getting the money and the weapons from Qatar to bring democracy for Syria to... No, they are... I mean, they are fighting for something else. So how you can... Uh, can be agree with them, which is difficult. So, I mean, what defend ourselves is in Kurdish areas. We can, if there is anybody, any attack to our places, we can defend ourselves. That's all we mean. Thank you. We have um, quite a few people still watching us questions. We'll take one more round, see how we get on with those, and then if we have time for more, uh, we will take them. This gentleman there, please, please be as brief as you can. My question for Mr. Salah is, there is this uh, image uh, portrayed by media uh, that is infight among Kurdish faction in Western Kurdistan. How much of that can you, can you guarantee as there won't be a Kurdish blood spill by, by the Kurdish hand? Thank you. There won't be a Kurdish civil war. That's great, that's great. Thank you. And the lady there has been waiting. A Kurdish civil war. Yeah. Just that lady uh, that among the Kurds, do you mean? Yeah. Nice and easy. You've got the splits of the Kurdish movement, the influence of the KRG in the oil fields in about three or four minutes. Yeah, there was no, perhaps I mean all <laughs> of that, no, three or four minutes. No, for the I mean the internal war between the Kurds is impossible because uh, any war needs some conditions. I mean uh, maybe objective conditions or to to have it, and those conditions in Syria are not available. There is no conditions for civil war. If some people, uh, I mean, just maybe two villages are fighting, one people won't die, ten people will die, it's just from this village. It doesn't mean the interior war. So the conditions of civil war in the Kurdish area is not valid. Be sure of that. Uh, now for the KRG government in uh, in the region, yes, they have very positive effect on uh, collecting all these people to make this Supreme Committee, it was, uh, uh, I mean, uh, it was uh, by them, Sir Barzani himself uh, just invited us to Erbil and collected us. We had an agreement on 11 of uh, uh, July, I mean, uh, in Erbil. Uh, so he has very good effect on that, and till now, I mean, uh, we have some meetings going on for just remedying the relation between 15 of the uh, Kurdish National Council. 
all of them are there just looking for an agreement between themselves. It's by uh, Mr. Masoud Barzani again. But for the Turkish relation, I think they have very economical uh, relations with the Turkey and this, those economic relations are affecting the politics sometimes. But from now on, we don't know because, as I mentioned, many things are going to be changed in the Middle East and even for the Kurdish case. We hope it will be better, I think. Yeah, for uh, the, the petroleum, now the oil field in, uh, uh, in Rmelan is uh, especially, I mean the Kurdish area, it's very well protected by, by those people's protecting units. And uh, we were getting the gas from there, but now there is no production. All the wells are as they are, are kept in uh, uh, no operation, nothing going on. And uh, all the decision by this uh, petroleum in these fields is going to be taken by Kurdish Supreme Committee. If they decide to sell it, they will sell it. If you want to make a refinery to sell it internally, it will be done. Uh, till now, they didn't decide anything. And this, uh, I mean, rumors, uh, U European Union uh, said permission for buying the petroleum is not for the Kurdish area just to make sure, it's for the other, I mean, petroleum in Deir and other places. It's not for the Kurdish case. And that's all I can say. Thank you. Thank you. I'm afraid we're out of time. I'm very sorry to those of you. Not a time to answer a question, but thank you for your questions and for coming out this afternoon. But greatest thanks of all, of course, to our speaker. Thank you for being so generous with your time and your thoughts. We're very grateful. Thank you. Thank you.